0: Our scripture reading this morning is from Psalm 34. So if you can turn there with me to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, starting at verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, and not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteousness the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. If you would only try them. If you ever get a chance to taste my mom's cinnamon buns, You will know right away just how good they are. I won't need to work hard to try and convince you. You will take one look at them, and you will not hesitate to try them. And once you try them, you will be convinced. I am very thankful for my mom. Uh, She sacrificed a lot for me and my five siblings growing up. She has a servant's heart. And one way she loved to service was through her baking. Um... What would, often, what would happen very often was that I would get home from school, I would hop off the bus, run home, open the door, and find a freshly warm batch of cookies waiting for me and my siblings on the counter. And I got so used to this privilege that if I would come home and there wasn't a batch of cookies waiting for me, I would think, like, I would feel betrayed and, Mom, do you even love me? But my mom also emulated to me and my siblings what it looks like to love the Lord, to seek him no matter the circumstances around us. And having a mom that pointed me um, to the goodness of God makes me extremely thankful to have a wife that does the same to our boys. To have moms that um, help raise children to know that God is good even when things aren't so good around us is a major blessing from the Lord. In our passage this morning, we see a challenge given to us. The author is urging us, imploring us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Like how if you tasted my mom's cinnamon buns, you will see how tasty they are. If you would only taste and see the goodness of God, if you would seek him, experience how good he is, you will not regret it. Even if your circumstances are far from easy, in fact, very difficult, if you would only see that God is good, and if you would only know that he is there, that he will not leave you nor forsake you. We read the entirety of Psalm 34, but we'll be focusing on verse 8. So let me read verse 8 again in Psalm 34. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. This psalm was um, attributed to David. And at the start of the psalm, we we see a description that gives us insight into the occasion that he was writing about. Um, And it's alluding to events that happened in 1 Samuel 21, where David was running for his life from Saul, who was desperately trying to kill David. Um, David makes a stop at a place called Nob, ends up asking for Goliath's sword from a priest. David takes that sword, Goliath's sword, and goes to a, a, a Philistine town that was actually Goliath's hometown with Goliath's sword. And of course, he's recognized, and he's in a lot of trouble. So here he was running for his life from, from Saul, and now he's, he finds himself uh, close to being killed by the Philistines. David ends up pretending to be a madman, and the Philistine king wants nothing to do with him, so he lets him go. So it's in light of, of that sequence of events that, that David's writing Psalm 34. Psalm 34. He looks back and sees the Lord's hand at his in his escape. He was grateful and thankful to the Lord. He witnessed firsthand the Lord's saving power, his protection, his love for his people. And in light of these circumstances, in light of David tasting and seeing firsthand God's goodness, he's urging us to do the same. Look at verse 8 again, "Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good." Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. If you have grown up in the church or, or been a, a believer in Christ for a while, the claim that God is good is probably pretty familiar. You've heard it taught, heard it repeated. But the idea that God is good isn't so accepted in the world today. For a long time, people who loved and followed God and followed his word were often considered good, moral people. They were upright in society's eyes. Those who followed God and followed God's word were seen as good people who reflected their good God. People who didn't engage in the, the bad things of society. But there's been a really interesting shift recently in our culture. Where before, people who followed God and his word were considered good, moral people... It's shifted to the point where now if you follow God and follow your Bible, we can be seen as not being a good person, that we are immoral. Because the, good thing, the things that the world calls good are getting further and further away from what God calls good in his word and further and further away from God's goodness. Our world is telling us that if we believe that things like homosexuality or transgenderism are wrong, then we are being immoral. We are not being good. And we're not just to accept these things as okay, but to advocate for them. If we don't accept them as okay and advocate for them, we can be seen as not good. And we follow a God who's not good. It's becoming more and more normal to be told that God can't be good if he sends people to hell. Or God can't be good if he allows wars to happen. Or if he allows a loved one to die. Or allows evil to happen in the world. And we can hear that a lot from from the news or social media or even interactions with, with people around us. Sometimes it can be good to question God's goodness when we hear, when we're told over and over that God is in fact not good. And on top of that, we ourselves have moments in our lives when things are really hard. When it can be hard to understand why God could allow these things to happen how God could still be good, still be sovereign over our circumstances when it's just so hard. Like for teens at school when um, someone you thought was your friend betrays you or makes going to school just so hard. Or if you lose your job and you just don't know how you or your family are going to get by. Or when it seems like just thing after thing seems to be happening within your family and really difficult things, and it just seems to be piling up. In a world that doesn't see God as good, and when things can happen around us that can make it tempting to wonder how God could be good, David is urging us to taste and see for ourselves that God is good. The words taste and see make us think of food. Right, and they're very much words that talk about experiencing. Right, if you look at my mom's cinnamon buns, see the, the fluffiness, the cream cheese icing, it makes you want to try it for yourself. Experience it for yourself. Cassandra and I really enjoy Indian food, and I have tried several different Indian food dishes, like chicken korma or tiki masala, and they are all good. Right? They, they're, all, they're all very good. But after trying all these different Indian food dishes, I've come to decide that none of them compare to butter chicken. Okay, It just can't be beaten. Um, I've decided for myself that butter chicken is better than the rest. David is getting across to us the idea of tasting, seeing, experiencing that God is good. Deciding for ourselves. Despite the world around us telling us that That God isn't good, or or despite circumstances in our lives tempting us to, to think or question whether God is good, David is urging us to decide, to discover for ourselves that nothing compares to God's goodness. That goodness comes from Him. If we would only experience it, seek it, we will be forever satisfied. When we think about discovering God's goodness, a good place to start is to think about his attributes. Exodus 34, 6 helps us with this. If you want to turn there with me to Exodus 34, verse 6. Exodus 34, verse 6 says this. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. In that verse, we see several descriptions of God's goodness. We see his mercy and his grace. God is full of of mercy and grace to us, even though we don't deserve it. and In fact, we are deserving of only his wrath. We see God is slow to anger, even though our sin is so great against Him. He's compassionate and merciful to us, slow to anger. He is abounding in steadfast love. His love never fails. He is faithful to us even when we are not faithful to Him. And because of His love and His grace, He forgives our sins against Him through Christ. And R.C. Sproul calls our sins defines our our sins as an act of cosmic treason against God. We have sinned against the creator of the universe, thinking God's ways are not good and our ways are better. Even against an act of of cosmic treason against God, through Christ, God forgives us. God is good. Uh, A.W. Tozer summarizes God's attributes that make him good and says this, the goodness of God is that which disposes him to be kind, cordial, benevolent, and full of goodwill towards men. He is tender hearted and of quick sympathy, and his unfailing attitude toward all moral beings is open, frank, and friendly. By his nature, he is inclined to bestow blessedness and take, takes holy pleasure in the happiness of his people. All these attributes of God, his loving kindness, his goodwill towards men, his kindness to us undeserved, all point to God's goodness. If you have been saved by Jesus Christ this morning, you have tasted and seen God's goodness in saving you and transforming your heart, bringing you from death to life, revealing himself to you, showing goodwill to you, even though you did not deserve it. But it's not just in salvation. David urges us to continue to taste and see, continue to discover that God is good. We can think back to times in our lives where we have felt God's presence, experienced his love. One thing I really enjoy doing is to sit down with Cassandra on a coffee date, although I get hot chocolate because coffee isn't any good. But I enjoy sitting down with Cassandra and, and looking back at the ways that we have experienced God work in our lives and the ways that he has provided for us in, in so many different circumstances, even though we did not deserve it. Like how the Lord gave us both parents who love the Lord and awesome siblings. Things like the circumstances that brought Cassandra and I into the same social settings where we were able to meet. Things like how God brought us here at a people's church because I happened to be preaching um, when Pastor Mark visited his son who was a pastor at the church that I was interning at. How the Lord has given us two awesome boys and soon to be a third. How he provided our home and provided us through the generosity of so many of you. But also even to look back and see that even through the very difficult circumstances in our lives, Situations where it was hard to find joy, hard to see God's goodness, but every time we can look back and see how God was with us, how He gave us strength in those times, and even though those times were not good around us, God was and God is. I'm sure that for many of you, you can look back and you can look back and see the ways that God has provided for you. Ways that you have tasted and seen that he is good. Ways that you have experienced his love, experienced this peace, which surpasses all understanding. given you boldness through the Holy Spirit, even though there's no way you could have done that on your own. Times where God gave you help and, and helped you to persevere, even if the situation didn't get any easier around you. But again it's not only to think back on ways that you have experienced god's goodness in the past but to continue to taste and see to continue to discover god's goodness as we read and study god's word for ourselves and also hear it taught over and over we see evidence of god's goodness throughout history and it helps us to praise god today In our junior high quest ministry that just wrapped up this past week, for the lessons we journeyed through the major stories of the Bible and saw the flow of God's saving plan. And as we went through it, we looked at some of the major stories, like how God created the heavens and the earth, created us in his image. We saw that he was faithful to his people, even though his people were not faithful to him. We saw that he always kept his promises, promises like how um, from the line of David would come the Messiah, the Savior. And even though it looked like there was times where David's line was gonna be cut off, there was never any doubt, never any question that God would keep his promises. We saw stories like how God saw the suffering of the Israelites. He heard their cries to him. And that's true for us today. He sees us, he hears our cries to him. And as we see from God's word who he is, what he has done throughout history, it brings us to praise him and discover today that he is good. And, and as we have experienced how God has worked in our lives, discover that he is good Cassandra and I will sometimes watch cooking shows, and one of our favorites is Worst Cooks in America. As you can imagine that is an interesting, fun show. They get a bunch of contestants who are terrible cooks and put them through a boot camp so that they can try and learn how to cook properly. And then it's a competition until there's, until there's about or just one left, one winner. Whenever the contestants come before the judges with their meal that they just cooked, that they just prepared, the judge looks at the meals and tastes the meals and judges them based off of tangible measures. Right? Was the food cooked properly? Was the, the chicken actually cooked? Um, what, what was the presentation like? Did they follow the guidelines but also have creativity in, in bringing their dish? When it comes to the goodness of God, there is one thing that is the clearest, greatest measure of his goodness, and that is Calvary. God's saving plan, because of his love for us to send his one and only son to die for us, take our sins, satisfy God's wrath, even though we don't deserve it, is the measure of God's goodness. God sent his son as a sacrifice to pay the price that we deserved for all of us who are not good, which is all of us. For us who have committed cosmic treason against the God of the universe, J.R. Packer warns us against um, forgetting about the severity of our sin when it comes to God's goodness and says this, people today are in the habit of disassociating the thought of God's goodness from that of his severity. We must seek to wean them from this habit since nothing but misbelief is possible as long as it persists. Because God is a God of justice, a God of wrath, and our sins so severe, the penalty needed to be paid. And God's wrath, his judgment is right, it's good. But because of his great love, his amazing grace, he sent his one and only son, the only one capable of carrying our sins and satisfying God's wrath. Jesus faced God's wrath, so that if we believe in him, we are no longer under any condemnation. Sending his son to die might not seem like good to some, but knowing what Jesus did for us is the measure of goodness. Christ died for you, you who were dead in your sins, incapable of coming before God the Father. God made a way, sent his son, the perfect sacrifice, and that is the measure of goodness. To trust in Jesus for salvation, to have saving faith in Jesus is the biggest way we can taste and see that God is good. And once you have tasted this ultimate measure of goodness, you will be forever satisfied. Turn to Jesus today. In our main verse in Psalm 34, 8, David doesn't just urge us to taste and see that the Lord is good. But he also tells us to take refuge in this good God. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in the Lord, who turns to him in all circumstances. And we see this again later in our Psalm, psalm, in verse 22. If you want to look there in Psalm 34, verse 22. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. We were redeemed at a great cost. Because of that cost, because of the death of Christ, you are no longer condemned. And not only are we no longer condemned because God looks at you and sees Christ in you, but God wants you to turn to him, to take refuge in him every day. Once we have tasted and seen God's goodness, decided for ourselves that God is good, we know of his power, we know of his love, and we know that he is worth turning to. That it is worth it to turn to him, to take refuge in him, turn to him for comfort, for help. It is worth it to listen to his voice. But I think as we can all know and understand, there will be times where it seems like it's not worth it. We can look to other things and think that they look better, that they would be tastier. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, the serpent was getting Eve to question the goodness of God. Did God actually say? Are you sure God's ways are best? Are you sure God's ways are good? You won't actually die. God is just withholding good things from you. Then we see that Eve saw That the tree was good for food. It was a delight to her eyes. She took the fruit, tasted it, gave it to Adam. They questioned God's goodness and saw other things. We can do that too. We can be tempted to taste and see things that God has called not good. We can chase after things that the world has to offer. Because at the time it can just seem so much better, so much more worth it than what God has called good. We can question why God would withhold some of these things from us when they seem so good, so worth pursuing. Our culture more and more wants us to think that God is not good, that he's not worth following, not worth pursuing. But as David urges us, if we would only taste and see that God is good, then we will know. If you have experienced the ultimate measure of goodness by salvation through Christ, you know that God is good. You have tasted, you have seen that it is true. Remember God's grace given to you at salvation. Remember how much he has done for you. Remember that his grace is with you even today. Fight the temptation to think that what the world has to offer is better than the good that God has for us. Don't stop seeking him and his goodness out, learning about his goodness, growing in him every day, taking refuge in our good God. And even when we face circumstances in our life that are, that are just so hard and very difficult, it can be hard to understand how, how God could be good in this situation. But even in those times, trust and know that God's promises are true, that he is with you, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Continue to discover for yourself, to seek out God, to trust in him, to know that even though things might not be so good around us, that God is. And we have an important and awesome responsibility to go out to the world and to be image bearers of our good God, to tell people about the ultimate measure of goodness, Jesus Christ. To help point people to God and urge them to taste and see that God is good. If you would only try him, if you would only see, you will be forever satisfied. Let's pray. Do good in your good pleasure unto us, O Lord. God, you are good, and we praise you for that. Thank you for your goodness in sending your son, Jesus, that we might have life, saving us from our sins so severe. May we continue to seek out your goodness, to experience it, to taste it. May we trust in you and take refuge in you, our good and awesome God. Amen. Well, if you've